in three, two. All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what animal do you feel like today? Today, I feel like a dugong. Uh, (laughs) You you said what now? A dugong. You almost spit your coffee out of that one. I'm glad (laughs) you drink uh, dugong. Um, Google a dugong and then put my face next to it, and I feel like it looks a lot like me. How do you spell that? Is it D-U-Gong. Dugong. gong I, I could have guessed that. I dropped out of community college, so what the fuck is this? <laughs> what, bro, what is this? I think it's like it's, a whale thing. Or it's something. a marine mammal. It's one of four species that live in Serenia. It's similar to a manatee. Okay. Yeah, it just looks longer. Its scientific name is Dugong Dugon. Yeah. How awesome is that? See, see, it's a pretty cool animal. I've been discovering lots of cool animals lately. It, what's its diet? Uh, it's uh, they, primary, they graze up to thirty kilos of seagrass a day. I thought you were going to say cocaine. I'm just <laughs> Dude, they love to party. They love to party. Do the street value of that? <laughs> that's what's. <laughs> that's so expensive. That's. They just operate on cocaine. That show narco's. That's that's. <laughs> they, just, they just have a bunch of those, and they're like, that's their main issue. Is like they have to stop these dugongs from eating all the cocaine. It's just all, just <laughs> just railing it all day long. They probably don't sleep. Um, they are important for maintaining the coastal ecosystem. Well, you know what, guys, we're we're learning something on this podcast. We're learning about zoology. So they are known yeah. as a sea cow. So yeah. do gone. Look him up, guys. Um, you, what do you feel like today, Chris? Well, mine's not as cool, man. I feel like a porcupine. <laughs> it's like another rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just feel it's a little, little a spiky, a spiky rat. <laughs> yeah, spiky rat. It's like, um, have you ever seen? They it went around Facebook like years ago, where it was like just poorly misnamed. It would be like a picture of an animal, animal, and it'd be like poorly misnamed, and it was like a, like a. What was it? What, um, like a, a, a C flat flap, you know what I mean? Instead of, uh, if I could think of words, the flat sea creature that killed Steve Irwin. Oh, a, uh, a stingray. A stingray. It was called like a C flat flap. Same idea. It's a spiky rat. I'm a porcupine. Spiky rat. Yeah, that's all I've got. Mine's not as cool. I'm sorry, guys. I feel like I've just let everybody down. But we learned what a dugong was, and that's pretty we sick. We did learn what a dugong is, and next, next time we'll learn what something else is. I'll come know. back with something better, I promise. Next time I will be better. Um, so um, today we're going to talk a little bit about prep, um, kind of for first-time competitors. Last episode we talked a lot about mental health, and one thing that we did dive into was kind of the importance of being mentally prepared for prepping or being mentally stable for prepping. And this one, we're going to kind of dive into the more logistical side of things in looking at the finances, the time constraints, and still how to be as much of a human as you possibly can during a show prep because it is selfish, right? But you still want to try to give back to those around you. Yeah. Um, So with that, I guess the first thing is kind of diving into the finances because I don't think people realize how costly it can be from a male and even worse, a female perspective. Ladies, I am so sorry. I recognize my privilege in this world. Um, but let's start with like males looking at like what a, a show preparation is, is going to look as far as cost goes. Yeah. So 
With males, I think the main thing we're looking at is you're going to have to purchase um, food. You got to think about that. Mm -hmm. Supplementation, yep. which for males can include anabolics as well. Yep. So you have to get your natural supplementation and possibly anabolics if you're not a natural athlete. Mm -hmm. um, your tan, mm -hmm. which tan can cost anywhere from like 100 to $150. Mine's way more. Yeah, and, and of course you can you can do self tan, which you know you can get some discounts on that. But I, I say for a first time competitor, I wouldn't risk it. You want to make sure that the 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 sponsoring tan does that. Then we've got hotel fees, travel fees, um, NPC card registration, NPC card registration for show, and you've got your trunks. You mm -hmm. know, so bodybuilding trunks, class physique trunks, your board shorts, depending on what class you're doing, what division you decide to do. And this stuff can add up pretty quick. Um, yes. I would honestly say bodybuilding is one of the most expensive sports. It's a luxury for sure. So for breaking that down, let's start with like coaching, for example. You're okay, looking at, yeah. you're looking at, I would say for your first show, and this is the rule that we have, you should definitely start with your coach at least six months prior to starting a show preparation phase. So you're going to be paying your coach for at least six months leading up to the show prep. And then you're looking at a show prep being anywhere from, I'd say, four to five months. I would lean closer to five months for your first show, um, just as that's 20 yeah. weeks. That gives you time to get ready ahead. I'm so sorry if you hear noises in the background. My cats have found one of my shoe boxes in my living room, and they are crackheads. But anyways, so you're looking at, I'd say, a 20-week prep. So I would say a good coach, good prep coach is anywhere from three to six hundred dollars a month is usually what it breaks down to yeah um, i mean you can probably yeah i'd say three to six hundred is pretty fair mm -hmm. um i know some people that charge 250 a month so you know mm -hmm. it, it just really depends on who you want to work with and the quality of the coaching experience you want for sure um, for example i know my six months is 2100 so that range out to 350 a month you yeah. know yeah. which uh with with what you're getting for coaching though you want to make sure that you're getting as much as possible so you know you want it to include your training you want to include your diet you want it to include cardio regimen supplementation protocol uh full-on communication you want it to have everything you possibly can so that you can be successful you don't want to be sitting there guessing on certain parts because that's the worst you can't cut corners you can't cut corners <laughs> So that's the that's the the coaching side of things. One thing too is that we didn't even talk about is you need a posing coach because stage presence and professionalism is one of the most important things, especially for your first time showing. If you're doing a true novice class, they tend to reward very well if you go up there and you look like you've done this before, right? So you know how much yeah. like for Laura and Austin, for example, how much would would they charge for posing? Because I can they're two people that I refer clients to all the time for posing. Yeah. Right? So on average. Average, I think they're they they offer package rates. So mm -hmm. on average for posing sessions, you're looking at like you know, based on how many sessions you purchase up front, like thirty five to sixty dollars a session. I yeah. know some people charge a lot more than that. Yeah, that's very um, reasonable. Yeah, so I'd say for posing, I would get. I always tell people to do at least eight sessions mm -hmm. with somebody, which you know, eight sessions that gets you you know say you start eight weeks out that gets you one session a week for the last eight weeks and then you practice on your own mm -hmm. um some coaches include posing with their coaching yeah so for example like i know laura includes 
her posing for all her ladies with I her do. coaching packages. I do. I do for my guys, but yeah. for my, for my girls, I refer them to Laura. Yeah. I look over a lot of my guys stuff, but I will send them to Austin or I'll send them to Kenny Wallach or I'll send yeah. them to somebody that I trust to make sure that they're, you know, doing it correctly. Um, I'm pretty adamant on that. I think posing is something some people should work on, you know, up to even a year before you get on stage. Yeah. I, I have people that message me and they're like, Hey, how, how early should I work on posing? I'm like, as early as you can. Cause that's, that's the thing too, with posing, like you're going, your posing is going to be different in the off season versus a show prep, right? Like things are going to feel different and everything else, but like you can't, you got to kind of have that groove already set and kind of the feel for everything. Cause when you're four weeks out, that's not when you're going to learn how to pose and learn how to hold poses and everything else. You kind of have to start that trend early and just keep it rolling throughout prep. And I'll, I'll be the first to say I've made that mistake where I, I haven't done that. And it's, it's affected my stage presence for sure. And, and like, I fully admit that that's something that we've talked about. Like I pose now when I send you my check-ins, I do rounds of posing at least three times a week to try to keep myself in the groove. So come next year, this is not going to be the the same issue. So posing coaches is definitely worthwhile investing into as well. You know, everything we talk about, I kind of deem as a necessity, yeah. right? And you can, you can save money too with the posing by, you know, maybe getting help with from a friend locally or somebody that's competed or, yeah. you know, there's, there's posing clinics normally in every state. I do like to point that out. Like I know Kentucky for us, we have, normally three of them a year, maybe four. And those are great opportunities to be seen by the judges and get yes. some free help. You know, that's what they're there for. They will, you literally go in there and they will teach you at least the basics of posing. So you have a way to pose before you leave. Yes. That is one thing I, I do highly recommend to all of my athletes is going to these seminars, going to just, cause they'll do posing seminars, but the, in Tennessee we'll just do like quarterly seminars as well, where they just discuss criterias and any changes that are being made. And it's a good way to one show face and meet the judges that you're going to stand in front of and ask for their opinions on things because they they leave at the end like an open Q&A session. But also to learn, I mean, you're, you're literally going to be standing in front of these people and they're going to tell you at these seminars exactly what they want you to do, right? So that, that provides good opportunity as well. And they're free. They're worth going to. Um, like yeah. I've been competing for three years now and I still go to every seminar that they offer that's close to me because it's important to me as an athlete and also as a coach because I can learn what I need to change to make my athletes more competitive on stage. Um, so coach, posing coach, you know, nutritionally, you're already kind of buying your food as it is. So I, I can't necessarily say that's going to be a cost that changes drastically. Uh -huh. For me, towards the end of prep, honestly, it's it's a little bit cheaper than off season because I'm just not buying as much food. Um, but obviously that is still a cost. Um, supplementation for me kind of stays the same year round because I do take a lot of health supplements because I'm pretty big on being proactive with my health. Um, I don't necessarily think that that should change a whole lot. Maybe just like an additional, like I say natural, like over the counter fat burner or something like that, or you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's going to be like a massive accrued cost if you're already kind of doing your due so, diligence with supplementation. Let, let's kind of go through this real quick and, yeah. you know, give an idea for everything. So, yeah. So for coaching, we're looking at, you know, for six months, say you're working with somebody for six months, you're looking at around like 1800 to 3000. Yep. Um, for posing coaching, you know, a lot of the coach, like coaches will include that, but if you do it additionally, you're looking at, you know, I'd say maybe around 300 to 400 dollars. 
Mm -hmm. Then registration. That's another thing to talk about. So registration, you know, if you only do one class, your first show, you're only probably gonna be paying like 150, maybe a hundred dollars, but your first show is often your, your only time to get on stage multiple times. So you have true novice, novice, open. um, open for some, you have collegiate. So, you know, there's multiple opportunities to get on stage. So that could be anywhere from like a hundred to $400, depending on how many you sign up for. And I, I always advise my athletes to do as many classes as they can just yeah. more stage presence. And, and yeah. also if you want to try out more than one division to see where, what you like, but also what the judges might want to see you in, you know, that's something to consider. I would not yeah. for your first show, just do a class. You'll be on stage for two uh, minutes. I would, yeah. D- take advantage of that first time experience because that's often the only time you'll be able to get on stage that many times, especially if you you're like true novice, you can only do once you can only do for your first show novice class. You can only do if, if you win that novice, then you'll never be able to do novice again. Yep. Open class ends up being like the only one you can do yep. after a period of time. And then if you're over 35 or over 40, over 45, definitely do your master's classes. For sure. Like you, you, your main goal should be seeing what you're going up against at a national level. And there are master's nationals. Yeah. And there's heroes class as well. If you, you know, are firefighter, military, police officer, EMT, military, yeah. like there's a lot of opportunity to get up there. And I think it's worthwhile to do it. And in certain cases too, I know certain shows you just pay like a one single crossover fee and you're able to do more. I can't, it's obviously subject to show to show. And I would talk to the promoters about that. Um, It changes. I think a lot of them now are switching over to paying per because you know, they, unfortunately there's so many shows nowadays that I think they're kind of competing with each other to actually make a profit. So that's a key. And then, you know, we get another stuff like tan, Tan, you can go anywhere between a hundred and two hundred dollars. I'd say. I would say so. Mine's more than that because I have to get eighty-five coats of tan. But because um, I'm a ghost, um, and then you're looking at your trunks. So yeah. sixty to a hundred bucks. I would say yeah, so. I'd say you could get some, you know, a little bit cheaper. But I always tell people you want to look your best. You want them to fit in the best way. So you want quality trunks. Like don't go cheap on the only piece of clothing that you're wearing on stage. For sure. And and no. one thing I would advise is I would probably wait until about six weeks out to actually order your trunks because your measurements are going to change so drastically. I made the mistake in my first show prep. I think I ended up buying like three pairs of trunks throughout the entire prep because they I kept getting smaller and the trunks kept getting looser and I kept having to wait to buy you know what I mean? So I would yeah. say wait until like that six week or four week out mark if the shipping is quick enough um, to get those ordered and sent in and potentially like buy a couple of sizes just in case. Because I've also made that mistake where my measurements weren't completely accurate. Exactly. Um, and so you I, don't I, want you don't want those things fitting you weird on stage. Yeah, it, it, it definitely takes away from your physique and it's distracting for sure. You know, you don't. As a female, too, I think with the competition suit side, they're spending, you know, roughly like 300 to sometimes over $1,000 on a suit. And you've got, so, you've, I would say, and this is just my opinion, um, obviously I have a, a, a sponsor with this, but I would say it's better to go with somebody local or that you know of when it comes to that because, again, your measurements could change, alterations might need to be made, but you need it to be like a very, it's a very personal 
thing, relationship is what I describe it as. Like you don't want to go with necessarily a large commercial conglomerate of this where you're just a number because they're having to make so many suits so quickly. And again, it's your suit. It, the way I look at it is like, kind of like a wedding dress, right? Like this is a very important thing that you're going to wear. It is a large investment and you want it done right the first time, but you also want to be able exactly. to like, if you need to go get alterations, right? Exactly. Go, go get changes made, right? Um, so you're looking at, you can, you know, and you can also, you can rent suits. I know there are companies that do that. You can look on, there are plenty of like Facebook groups where girls will like resell their suits and you can always try that route as well. Um, but there are, there are ways to save. It's just, again, if you're already kind of investing into this luxury of the sport, it's better just to be proactive and kind of save your money and know ahead of time what you're likely to spend. Add 15% to that have that cushion saved so that you aren't strapped for cash throughout the entirety yeah. of prep. Cause you know, there's a lot of random kind of things that kind of come up. I mean, you're going to need to stay at the hotel, you know? So as often for my first time competitors, I always recommend you to stay at the host hotel. I think that's very important for first time competitors. Yep. Um, Later on, you know, whenever you've, you've done your first show and you know what to expect, you know, start branching out, get an Airbnb if you want yeah. or, you know, but I will always say stay at the host hotel your first time, which on average, you know, you're probably gonna be paying about 200 to $300. Yeah, for the weekend. And then, you know, with the with the with the ladies as well, you've got to get your heels, you've got to, you know, accessories, makeup, hair. And again, those are just additional costs. And I know plenty of girls who do their own hair and makeup. I know some who choose not to. Again, that is entirely your prerogative um, and where you want to save or not. Right. I, again, I look at it as if I'm stepping on stage, like I get a pedicure and manicure before I step on stage because I want right. everything taken care of. Right. Um, you know, like show haircuts, things like this that you just don't even consider um, that do add up over time. So the rule that I tell my athletes is, OK, if you want to start with me, unless you've got a lump sum saved up, I tell them like every paycheck, put a couple hundred dollars away or whatever you can afford to do in a separate account. Do not touch that account. That is your prep account. So you at least start ahead and you have that lump sum yes. ready to go so that because you will drain your reserves very quickly yes. um, just so you're ahead in that sense. So so we're looking at roughly right now, if you're talking yeah. like a male doing two, just two classes. Calculated this out around, you know, $2,700 to about $4,600. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I would have a bare minimum of about three grand put aside as like a soft cushion, like we talked about, because the last thing you want to be doing in a competitive sport is cutting corners. Yeah. Like, I, I will tell you, like, if you want to do this, I would be all in willing to do whatever it takes. Like you want your suit to be perfect. You want your hair to be perfect. You want, you know, you want the right heels that are going to go with everything. You want trunks that fit. You want to get a convenient hotel. You don't want to be staying somewhere off site where you're having to go back and drive 10 miles across traffic each morning to get your tan set up. You want to have a quality tan. You do not want to be the only person on stage who's a different color. Mm -hmm. You want to have a quality coach. You do not want to go to a coach that is going to make you have a miserable experience, not answer you for three weeks. Th these mm -hmm. are, you know, if you're going to do this, I always just tell people, go all in, be prepared for the financial investment. And it is usually very worth it as long as you invest in yourself. And like we said before, like, and we've said it in previous episodes, the stage is always there. And the time that you're getting financially prepared is time that you can also be 
still improving physically, but also mentally as well. Right. It's like, why do you want to like, I'll have guys reach out to me. Hey man, I want to do a show in 12 weeks. And I'm already like, well, I'm not doing that. And we'll start having the conversation. I'm like, well, I can start coaching you and we can kind of start getting you prepared to maybe compete next year. How much like, and they're like, what are your rates? And I tell them my rates and like, oh, well, I can only afford 125 a month. I'm like, well, then you can't afford to prep even a little bit, period. Because yeah. like my coaching isn't where the, this is where the cost begins and it just goes up from here. Yeah. Right? Like you can't, you can't cut corners on any of this. That's like, dude, I, I had that, that one girl, horrible client that she, she didn't understand like that you need to be in a good spot to compete and she didn't have a car. Okay. She wasn't currently living anywhere. Okay. Um, she was getting fired from jobs and switching jobs left and right. And I told her, Hey, this is probably not a good time to compete. And mm -hmm. she ended up leaving and going with somebody else. But what my question is, is why would you compete if you don't have the resources? Yeah. Like if you're, if your life is not in a stable place as far as financially, um, and you don't have all the, the simple necessities like a shelter, yeah. And, and, um, you know, transportation, you're probably not going to be able to give your all into a prep because this stuff gets hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. Cause again, like I love competing, but if I am already struggling, if I was already struggling to put food on my own table, why would I also think that stepping on stage was the right idea? I don't like, I don't, I just don't understand. Um, that's so that's that's the financial side of things. As far as male goes, female, you can add another probably fifteen hundred dollars on top of that. I would say oh, easily. easily. Um, and I think it's important to have that conversation. And and I know like in our Tennessee seminars, Alan Sizemore has been awesome, and they've actually created like basically a cost analysis breakdown to give to first time competitors, so they have something to expect because. We all love to compete, and I don't want to see people struggle. So let's just know proactively what we need to have saved up and save it up. And in the meantime, become a better athlete as a whole anyways, and then the time is right. But if you're physically not where you need to be, financially not where you need to be, mentally not where you need to be, what is it worth to step on stage to also likely not win? Yeah. It's, like the judges don't care if you're broke. This isn't no, a up story. This isn't a movie. That's right. one thing I've said is like, if you can't give your all into this and really like do all the aspects, it's probably best to wait until you're in a better situation. Yeah. Um, because as you get into the prep and you get deeper into the prep, it only gets harder. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you know, you're starting to struggle with energy levels. You may not be able to, you may want to take a day off work you may not be able to have the energy to do all your tasks and everything. So it's very useful to be completely set up. So you're not stressing about outlying issues. Like having your job is a very important thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I always tell people this, your career is going to come first. You cannot afford to compete without money. Yeah. So always make sure your financial situation set up. Like Chris said, it was like, you know, putting a fund together far ahead of time can often save you a lot of trouble and make you live a much stress-free lifestyle while in prep. Because the last things you, you want is you've done all this work. Imagine, you know, you prep for 
20 weeks and you're one week out and you're like, oh man, I can't afford my registration fees. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you shouldn't be like having to take out credit cards or personal loans to afford to do this either. Like, I love this shit, but it is not that serious. Like, yeah. especially if it's your first show, just wait. Because the more time you wait, the better you can be and the more likely you are to win. And that's why we're all doing this. I don't know. I'm not, I don't compete to have fun. I compete because I like to win. I don't like to lose, right? So I'm, I'm putting myself in the most advantageous position to allow me to do that. Well, this is a very expensive sport if you want to do it for fun. Like, for sure. Yeah. That's a lot of wasted money. It's a lot but, of wasted money. You know, and th this is one of the most selfish sports there is, too. So I always like to have people know that they're going to have to make, like, you know, sacrifices. There's going to be times where, you you still can be a human. I want I want to reiterate that. Like you can still go out to eat like with your friends, but you still have to bring your own food with you. Your like your your kids can go and you can take them to get ice cream. That doesn't mean you can have ice cream, but that means you can bring your chicken and rice with you while they eat ice cream. You don't have to miss out on going out on a boat trip with your friends. Bring all your meals. Bring your water. Of course, you can't drink the beer they're drinking. This is the commitment you made, though. So I, I truly believe, like, you know, t 20 to 12 weeks out in prep are pretty easy. Yes. Like, I normally, I think that's where you feel your best. You're getting some positive results. You're starting to change. Things are going pretty smooth. I'd say around 12 weeks out, you get your first sense of, like, okay, this is a little hard. How is like, that bad? Yeah. Yeah. But I would say at six weeks out, <laughs> is where most people most people get the first real sense of oh shit what did i decide to do you'll you'll have a day there'll be oh, one yeah. random day at like 6 weeks out where it feels yeah. like you got hit by a bus four times over and oh, you just okay. go you go what the fuck and i i'd never recover after that day <laughs> it's like i'm in a hole and i can't crawl out yep for a lot of that, like we talked about, and here's some things like with if you have a significant other, like you still have to try to give back as much as you possibly can. And this is where it becomes an idea of like date nights, things that you can do that still are conducive to what your needs are, but also provide for your partner's needs. So like yeah. one thing, like we talked about, like m go on a movie date once a week, right? Go to the movie theaters. You can yeah. get a diet soda, whatever it may be smuggle your food in if you have to, which is usually what I do. Um, like I usually just end up falling asleep during the movie, but I do that during every movie and I don't care. Um, but there are a lot of ideas yeah. that you can go with that. And like, obviously if you get a, if you still get a free meal date night, that's date night. Congratulations. Yes. Like you, you get, you get your free meal, go to a movie, go wherever. And that is what you like. You need to do that. Like I made a point of that. Like during my free meals, I didn't eat at home or unless I wanted to cook for it with my partner. But like we made a point, like this is our time where we can go be, have this communal moment together yep. and yeah. just enjoy each other's company with some food. Yeah. I think that's very important, man. I always try to keep the free meal in as long as possible for my first time competitors. Like, I've had people be very successful with that, but I think it's a very important mental aspect for your first time prepping because, you know, as long as it's kept under control, of course, yeah. but 
being able to go out with your significant other or like your friends or something once a week and have a meal can often get somebody through the week and get them through the hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, but that that's something that me and Laura would do whenever she prepped for her show last year is like we would make every Saturday night. We knew that she got a free meal. I'd let her pick what we would eat and we'd go get that together. Mm-hmm. And that's a great strategy. But I, I can think of a few others, you know, that don't revolve around food. Like you said, yeah. a movie going to the movies is great. Um, we would occasionally have a game night where we would invite friends over and, you know, we would play like cards against humanity or, yeah. you know, some other kind of card game. And that, that was something that didn't involve food. You can go, you know, to the, to the zoo, to the mall, you know, to the mall, because you, you go shopping, yeah, go do I, stuff that doesn't involve food. And, I love if, shopping. Yeah. If you do stuff that doesn't involve food and you're staying active, like one of my favorite things to do in prep whenever I'm kind of like still far out is I really like to like go to a zoo or like an aquarium. Mm-hmm. I think it's relaxing. You can bring your food. It's something to do. It keeps your mind off of what you're doing. You get a lot of extra steps in daily. Yep. And you know, you're still spending time with other people. You can invite other people to go with you. It's key to keep those, keep, as much normalcy in your life as you can with prepped. If you seclude yourself, you're only going to get into a deeper hole. And, and and you need to you need to plan ahead of time because by six weeks out, you don't want to go do anything necessarily extra. But if it's in your calendar and you know Friday is the double date or whatever or game night, you ha- you're going to do it right. And that's something that's important. Like for me, my thing too was like a lot of my closest friends live all over the United States now. And so like every Saturday night we would get together and play call of duty together. Right. And that was like my time to just like hang out with my buddies. Right. And shoot the shit. I was just planning those ahead of time where I knew like Friday was a free meal. Saturday was my time with my friends. That would kind of refill my cup enough to kind of get me through the rest of the week. And you have yeah. to kind of schedule that ahead of time and know ahead of time for yourself and also your partner. Cause that was kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. Like come Wednesday when I'm super depleted and it's my third low carb day. I know, listen, man, you gotta get through today get through thursday friday's a free meal saturday you get to hang out with your buddies and you get right back into it you know one of the things i do is you know even in off season on thursdays i always meet up with my friends at drake's and i've had Mm -hmm. like a standing guy date i guess you could call it with a bunch of dudes i know and we meet up on thursday at drake's about 8 p.m well you know whenever i do that in the off season i will either you know order i order something pretty healthy like i order yeah. normally the poke the poke bowl there oh yeah something i know the macronutrients are close to my meal woman well, prep i'll still go there with them but i will bring my own food and i will order a water or a diet soda and i will just sit there and hang out with them mm-hmm. you know and keeping that stuff consistent you got to remember this is a lifestyle Bodybuilding is a lifestyle. You can't do this just like, you know, part time and expect to be like good at it. Yeah. This is something you got to learn how to do and live your normal life. Because if you start just like letting it control you, it becomes very unhealthy mentally, Mm -hmm. which we want to prevent. Like as a coach, like I I will tell you, the, the clients I have do best do an excellent job at still maintaining a normal life for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, man. It's it's all about like self-preservation, right? Because we are we are allowing ourselves to do something that can be I mean, it's very time consuming and we'll talk about that, but like you don't want this to turn into something that you despise, 
you, that you're choosing to do, mind you, or that your people around you start to despise that you're doing it, because that's when you're going to start creating tension and conflict and animosity. So you have to negotiate with yourself and with the people around you and say, this is what I have to do, but I'm going to give back, and this is my contribution back to you for the time being. And like we've talked about in previous episodes, once prep is done, that is your point to give back and give a lot of I'm sorry's and everything else that you can possibly do to your loved ones, right? Yeah. I think it's another thing that's important to talk about too is the the time constraints you're likely to run into during a show preparation. So because I have some people who have come to me who want to prep and they tell me their schedule and I'm like, I don't know that you have the time to do be successful in a show prep, yep. right? Like some people can learn like Zach Buckler, like he prepped during law school, which is just beyond uh, unfathomable. I love him to death. He's insane. And I've got a girl right now who's killing it prepping during dental school, right? And it's taken yeah. some extra work to figure out how to make it happen. But, you know, if you're like, let's say, for example, we'll use me, right? With with how my schedule looked towards the end of prep. Granted, I, I'm, I've, I have the privilege now that I've built a business where I can work from home and kind of work my business around my co- competition schedule. But, you know, I had an hour of fasted cardio in the morning. And then I would pose, or I'd pose before, excuse me, do my check-ins with you, hour of fasted cardio, abs stretch. That's an hour and a half, okay? Get my food prep for the day. It's another 30 to 45 minutes. Eat, start my client work, go train. Usually for about, I'd be there for uh, probably two hours, r- realistically, as far as training, posing goes. And then another hour of cardio. I'd go home and then stretch, finish up everything else, shower, go to bed. And so I'm in the gym four and a half to five hours a day. I'm posing at least once a day. I'm prepping my food. I'm having to run my business. And then on top of my daily tasks and chores and everything else that I need to do, you have to be really good at time management, which granted, I can't say that I always am, but I had to rely heavily. And also, mind you, the deeper you get into this, your cognitive function slows. You become mm-hmm. stupid during prep. You forget everything. I had to rely heavily on to-do lists and Google calendars and reminders to make sure that I got through everything that I possibly could every single day. Yeah. I find there's two different types of clients, man. All right. There's ones where I'll tell them to that if they have to do two hours of cardio a day, they figure it out. Mm -hmm. And there's ones that they make excuses. Yeah. Like I had a client back in 2018, I believe, and he was doing a show later in the fall. And I told him like, okay, man, you gotta, we're going to up your cardio by 15 minutes and you got to do, it was like 45 minutes daily. It was like, that's like nothing. That's why I do every day. He's like, he's like, I can't fit that into my day. There's no possible. There's no way. So he just didn't do it. And you know what? He didn't place well. (laughs) And, and then, you know, I have another guy that works, you know, 14 hour days and he'll be like, you know, waking up two hours earlier just to do his cardio and, you know, missing sleep Yeah. or, you know, he, you know, normally you have people. One thing I like to do with people, if they tell you they can't do something, they don't have time. I'm always like, go ahead and send me your screen time screenshot on your phone. Yes. And it's always like a big wake up call to people. Cause I'm like, Oh, you spend two hours a day on Instagram and three hours on TikTok, but you can't do cardio for an hour and you can't prep your food. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and what goes back to too, when people say they can't afford coaching, it's like, no, you can, you just haven't learned sacrifice yet. Yeah. But I can buy, I can buy Jordans every uh, once a week, but I can't afford your coaching. It's like, Mm. All right, your priorities are just fucked. For sure. And I made a video like doing a cost analysis breakdown of a client who came to me who like, dude, I don't know if I can afford coaching. And I was like, send me what you eat on like a monthly basis or like a weekly basis. And he sent me sent it over and I broke it down. And it was like he spent like sixteen hundred dollars on food a month, right? Yeah. And I was like, Well, my coaching doesn't cost sixteen hundred and the meal plan I put him on, I think, was like cost him like four hundred dollars a month. I was like, I'm saving you money and you're getting in shape because where you're throwing your money is actually what's also hindering your progress. Yeah. You know? So it's just something that people have to realize. Like you have to be very honest with yourself as far as like where you're expending time, where you're wasting time. Right. And, and learning ahead of time. Okay. This is what my schedule is going to have to look like every single day for a good little bit, you know? And if you're willing to make that sacrifice, then you will be successful. And if you're not, then don't compete because this requires sacrifice. Scheduling is very important. If, if you're a first-time competitor, the more consistent you keep your schedule and prep, the better your progress will be. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the most important things I have found to people that have been very successful in their show placings, one overalls, is they will do their cardio at the same time every day. They will train at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. They eat their meals at the same time every day. They go to sleep at the same time every day. They prep their meals at the same time every week or every day. And they keep that consistency in their schedule so that they can make sure if something is added, they can make it fit and they can make it like doable. And it becomes clockwork. Like my off season routine versus prep routine. The only thing that really changes, I just have to do more cardio during prep. But like, as far as the time I wake up, the time I send check-ins, the time that I eat, I don't even have to think about it. It just works out that way because I've been in this routine for ages now. I train at the same time every day. Like it's all, I live a very monotonous life and I love it. I love having structure like that. I thrive in that. And so once show prep starts, it's not like a culture shock to me, right? Like everything just kind of falls in place. I find my groove and I stay in that groove for as long as I can because that groove makes me feel safe. So it's, but it's sacrifice, right? And again, some people just need, and this is why we're having this conversation is like some people who are excited to compete and I'm excited for everybody who wants to step on stage. Let's be realistic about what it's going to take and get you there so that you can compete and be successful and enjoy it. Cause I'm, we don't have these conversations to discourage anybody. We're having it so that you can be prepared and enjoy the sport for what it is versus going into it, not placing well, and then blaming bodybuilding as if it's the issue when it's usually just a lack of preparation. Yep. Preparation's key. That's the thing. Like, you know, if you aren't completely in the mindset to give this your all and set a schedule and make it a priority, you're not going to do well. You can't wing uh, it. You're not, you can't wing it. This is not a thing that you can just like randomly throw in and be like i'm gonna prep for a show and i'm gonna do what no it's not something you can do that with you have to be mentally prepared physically prepared and you have to have everything in your life set up in a way that you can make yourself successful Mm -hmm. like and this means you know i would make sure your job is able to understand you can work around your own schedule like know what your schedule's like know that it's not going to randomly switch midway through your prep Make sure your relationships are good. Make sure whoever you are currently dating understands what you're about to do. Yeah. Make sure that you can keep the same schedule. 
with cardio and training. Make sure you can have something readily available if you need to do fasted cardio. I will tell people to order, you know, a bike before cardio. Like I told Malcolm Jones, mm -hmm. he works in scaffolding and, you know, he has to work in Cincinnati. And I was like, bro, this prep's going to be so much easier if you order a bike or something so you can do fasted cardio. I sent him a link to one on Amazon. It was like three, four hundred dollars. He ordered it right away. Mm -hmm. And he's he's like, man, that bike makes things so convenient. If I didn't have that, I'd be screwed. That's what I'll do next but, prep. Yeah, you, you got to be prepared. You got to make sure you can make everything as convenient as possible or else you are going to suffer trying to get to stage. Yeah, like I have, that's why I have a Planet Fitness membership just to have like access to cardio no matter what. Like I was using like um, Instacart and would have it scheduled a week in advance. So my, my groceries were already paid for and delivered on X day because I didn't want to walk in a grocery store and potentially buy something I shouldn't, right? Just making it as like, like obviously the whole concept of like working smarter, not harder, but you still have to work hard, but you need to work smart too. That's how I look at prep. Like you have to be able to do both very well, but you have to be prepared, like set up your routine, right? As perfectly as you can, but still be ready to be adaptable if you need to. In those occasions where a family event occurs, okay, how are you going to be prepared mentally, physically, logistically to, to be successful in that, right? And part of that is communicating with your coach, right? Hey man, a family event, this is the situation. Okay, this is what we're going to do, right? Yeah. And just working through that, because again, this is, especially when it comes to show preparation, you have to be letting your coach know everything, right? Like it, there's no such thing as undershare or oversharing in a show preparation phase. As far as I'm concerned, I need to know what's going on logistically all the time. Like, Hey man, like I quit my job. Okay. Well, what are we doing? Like what's, what's yeah. going to happen next? Right. I need to know all of these things ahead of time or as they occur, I can't, you can't, you can't skip out on that kind of stuff. So it comes back to communication. I think that's one of the biggest things. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the key. Communicate with your coach, communicate with your friends, communicate with your spouse, significant other. Make sure everybody is fully prepared for what is going to be happening and you will be more successful. Yeah. But I think that's a good place to close this one out on. Yeah, just be proactive, talk yeah. and don't be a douche, you know? <laughs> like Yeah, don't it, that's the thing. Don't use prep as a reason to be a fucking asshole because you chose to do this shit. We are very privileged people to be able to compete in bodybuilding. No oh, other you imagine living in a third world country and like trying to do bodybuilding. We're literally starving ourselves and eating less food to get fun. low body fat for fun and to compete yeah. against other ones to see who can do it better. Like yeah. it's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. You think about it in that perspective and it's like, if you complain about it, you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you, if you allow it to make yourself a worse person to those around you, you suck. And this is why there's, stigmas and stereotypes surrounding bodybuilding so let's let's not do that and let's break those as often as we possibly can yes. um but yeah so that's really it guys just don't be a dick that's really what it boils down to so um but anyways we appreciate you guys we love you all thank you for listening to the modcast please leave us a five-star review on spotify and apple podcasts Turn your post notifications on as this week we will have a lot more episodes being released as last week I sucked super bad. Um, any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to either Tyler or myself on Instagram. Um, we'd be more than happy to discuss whatever you guys want us to as well. We are very receptive to everybody's feedback. So, um, Tyler, do you have any other profound closing statements? Nope. Thank you guys all for listening. I saw we were at 
over 60 uh, five-star reviews now. So we're really glad you guys are enjoying listening to us and we'll keep them coming. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Modcast.